Welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path podcast, a podcast about badass women who found the clarity and courage to live life on their own terms. I'm Willow, your host, lifestyle coach, and NLP practitioner. In each episode, you'll hear personal stories alongside candid interviews with women who have boldly stepped into the unknown to create extraordinary and unconventional lives. You can expect to hear juicy topics like how to reinvent yourself after an identity or health crisis, dating and finding love, saying F you to your fears, and how to harness the mindset to create all of your big impossible goals. My mission for this podcast is to inspire your inner risk taker to be courageous and unapologetic about what you really want and to start taking action today. I'm so excited to have you here. All right, let's go. Today, I have a very special guest, the Monica Casey. Welcome. Monica is joining us from... Los Angeles. It's a bit of an I knew you went mm-hmm. story. <laughs> Monica and I went to high school together 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, the San Francisco Bay Area. And we, I was a drama nerd. You weren't really a nerd, but I, I, I don't know. We were just we were. both in drama. I mean, we're so lucky and that we had the drama program we had too. Totally. Yes. And you took it really I, serious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are. An actress, producer, stand-up comedian, yep. and a C-plus mom. <laughs> we'll hear about that later. And I have loved following you on social media over the years. Pretty much, I mean, over 10 years, whenever it was Right, you know, when we got thing. start, we got on the bandwagon. Exactly. And I, I have distinctly remember this. I, maybe 15 years ago. I mean, you had gone off to college. You went to Arizona mm-hmm. State. I remember that. And then I see a video of you, video on YouTube of you doing stand-up. And I don't know who showed it to me. And I was like, wow, that is Aww. amazing. That takes a lot, of, a lot of cojones to do that. So since then, I've been dying to see you live. Oh, my God. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. I um, Yeah, that's – I can't believe that yeah. was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. So, yeah, you've been carving your own fucking path for about two decades yeah. in L.A. Yep. And what, I mean, you're such a good example. And I'm so excited to hear more details of your story because what can seem like an overnight success, I mean, you're in movies, you're on the radio, uh, you are doing stand up all over the place. Like what, what seems like an overnight success is at least 10 years oh, in the yeah, making. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like the more yeah. I read articles about people or hear things, it's kind of like that for everyone, but we always look at other people and just make assumptions and judge and compare ourselves. And you gotta, you gotta find Mm -hmm. out the details. Exactly. And yeah, so you're, you've been doing it and take us back. Okay. So high school, Mm -hmm. you were in a drama and I do remember, I have one other memory, (laughs) many, it's a bit mostly blurry, but, um, I remember the tattoo that you got. Oh, God. The worst. Yes. So I, again, made terrible choices as a young person. (laughs) One of them being getting a tattoo 
with my boyfriend at the time who was super verbally, emotionally abusive. Um, and oh. uh, by the way, totally underage in San Francisco, like, and they still tattooed us with like no ID. As like a mother <laughs> now, I'm like, fuck those people. Oh. Dicks. But what's so funny is I'm such like a psychopath planner that as I was getting my tattoo, I knew that I was going to get it removed like right before I went to college. I had a job at Captain Video. I worked at a video store um, like Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think my tattoo cost $50 and I think to get it. And then I think it cost me like $2 thousand dollars to get it removed okay that so it's to let people know it was a a yeah it was a baseball like on my hip with our names signed on it like we were I don't know famous baseball players I have no idea what (laughs) yeah it was so bad Oh, oh my God. That's and my favorite so, part yeah, is that um, after I broke up with my boyfriend, he then wrote a letter to my parents as like the tattoo owner of the shop asking about like how my tattoo's doing and if I need to come in for retouches. <laughs> yeah. To out me to my parents. <laughs> like, wow. Is that not Why like psychological like warfare? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, okay. So then you went to Arizona yes, State. Tattoo free. You left. Tattoo free, fresh start. Did you, well, tell us okay, about so that. Okay. So I didn't really want to go to college, but um, my choices were if I didn't go, that I would live at home with my parents, who I hated, and <laughs> basically be their housekeeper slave and continue to work at the video store. Or I could and go to community college, which I, you know, I knew if I stayed, I would probably like get depressed. So, um, and then I also wasn't a very good student. So my options were limited in colleges. (laughs) So I chose Arizona State because A, I knew I could get in and B, it was just far enough away to where they couldn't like be right there. Um, So I went, but I also... Uh, Yeah, I wanted to move to LA and just start acting right away. But they were like, we're not helping you in any way. I hadn't thought far enough ahead to just save money to move here on my own and do that. And, you know, looking back now, it's probably better that I did go to college because I mean, who knows how many times I probably would have gotten arrested if I just moved here at 18. Totally. So yeah, so Arizona State was a safe place. I lived in the dorms. I didn't know if I was going to be a I didn't know if my parents were going to let me be a theater major right away. So I kind of just like waited until I had to choose, you know, and then I was like, I'm doing this and they didn't say no. So, um, and I was lucky enough that they could afford to pay for my education. Um, so, Mm -hmm. and I worked jobs to pay for my own, you know, whatever I needed. But, um, so yeah, I was a theater major. I shockingly made it out in four years with a little summer school of puppetry and makeup classes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and I feel like that was a really good, that going to college taught me a lot because, you know, I mean, it was more about learning how to live on your own as an adult. 
and schedule Mm -hmm. your time. And if, you know, you didn't do things, it just only fell on you and how you felt about it. And, you know, you do figure out how to make all these choices and kind of decide what path you want to be on. Did you envision that you would be going to LA and that, I mean, what was at that time, even right. before, because just, what did you want to be when you grew yeah, up? Yeah, I always wanted to be an actor. I, re- I remember when I was younger, my parents couldn't afford daycare, like even in the third grade, like in the summers or camps. So I somehow convinced mm-hmm. them to let me stay home. And in the summers, I would literally clean the house and watch movies all day and learn every line of dialogue in every movie and act out the scenes with my dolls. So okay. yeah, that was always the daydream, the plan. I just didn't really know how I was going to do it. Like I didn't know anyone in LA. My parents certainly didn't. And they weren't, they were like, you know, in their own world. So it was just kind of like, well, if you want to do it, that's like on you. Um, so, but I was mm-hmm. always doing plays, um, even in college, whenever I could. And that was, yeah, that was the plan in my mind was I was going to graduate college, move to LA, go to the Groundlings and then go to Saturday Night Live and, and be cast. And then, you know, that would be, you know, that would be my story. Yeah. So comedy was always something you were aiming for. Yes. I think because that's the types of films and TV that always like filled my soul for me. And so I wanted to be part of that some way, but I didn't know how. And then you get to LA. Yeah, I got to LA. It was super scary. I mean, I lucked out and my friend had an aunt and uncle here that were on a cruise for a month. So we had a place to crash for the first month and it was in a nice, like, it was in Manhattan beach, like super gorgeous. Like I can't imagine like trying to live there now. Um, it's so expensive, but, um, but so yeah, so, and immediately like, you know, went looking for waitressing jobs because in your early twenties, at least for me, that's, that was just always the easiest job to have because it's like, you don't take it home with you and you just get tips and you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was funny in LA. They're like, do you have a headshot? when you're applying for jobs and I'm like, no, no bitch. I just got here. Like I'm trying to get this job so I can afford some headshots. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm standing right here. Don't you want to interview me? Like I don't, it was such a weird thing. And then of course, right when you move here, when everyone meets you, they're like, Oh, another actor, (laughs) you know? So it's totally the cliche But, and that first couple months, like, I did feel like, you know, like, you just, you don't know where to go or what to do. And like, you know, you just have to do your best to stay sane. And, you know, I got a job waitressing and my roommate and I found a place and we literally lived on air mattresses and macaroni and cheese. (laughs) And she had like a much better, like she was a pilot in the military. So she like had a, like a more set, like for sure job. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Like she was working her way to like fly commercial and I'm like, I'm trying to book a commercial. (laughs) (laughs) But um, um, yeah. yeah, So, and so, yeah, no, go ahead. I was just wondering like what your mindset because yeah like and I saw it was hard here. because yeah, yeah early I'm you know in my early 20s and um 
you do, you feel kind of alone. You feel like a failure. Like even though you're in one side of your brain, you're like, I'm doing it. I'm pursuing my dreams. And I knew for Mm -hmm. me always like, look, I was on the verge of probably chickening out and staying in Arizona a lot longer than I should have before I moved to LA. So just moving here, it's like, okay, like it's hard to remind yourself like that's a win. You know, you're on, you're doing it. Yeah. Um, Cause always in my mind, I felt in my heart and soul that even if I never like made it to like, let's say like, you know, Kate Hudson or status or whatever, the fact that you at least tried and you came here and you don't just give up right away. Like I met so many people in the first couple years of living here where they're like, that's it. I'm moving back to Iowa. And you're like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh my God, you know, how long, how long have you been here? Like, how long did you give it a go for? And they're like three months. And I'm like, oh, Ugh. bitch, that's nothing. Like you, you know, like <laughs> I was like, I'm at least here for 10 yeah. years, you know? And then. So yeah. You, so, okay. so you had the long Yeah. I always had yeah, the long in your mind. Haul. Exactly. Like there's no okay. like end game for me. And the story that I just tell mm-hmm. myself is that, look, there's always going to be roles for every age. There's always room for enough for everybody. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes sure. We all get jealous of other people when their careers take off maybe a little faster, but like, Again, it's your path. You never know how Mm -hmm. long. You never know who you're going to meet along the way. So, yeah, I always just knew that my soul would be very angry if I didn't do this. Yep. And, well, I had a stint in L.A. One year. And I was like, I'm fucking out of here. Because I didn't have this mindset that you had, the long game. Like, it was it was pretty intense. And I think at the core, I just thought, I just want to have fun and have a, do a production with people, have that, like the bond that you mainly in like theater, you know, you have this, this build up, And then I was just seeking that. And then, and then I got into production, went behind the camera. So that, yeah, I definitely chose a potentially easier route, although no, but in your case, yeah, you just, you had your soul was like, Yes. Like sink or swim. And look, it's like, I've already lived on an air mattress for, you know, like, you know, as long as I feel feel like as long as you have a roof over your head, you're fine. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. You have to. So gratitude. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say it was really hard to find the gratitude in the beginning, but once I got into meditation and things like that, mm-hmm. then you, which happened for me, maybe like a year after living here. But once I kind of found like, you know, Deepak Chopra and all of these sort of like really great outlets to find gratitude and meditate and things, um, it does mm-hmm. shift your perspective on everything and it, it does make life and your journey easier. Definitely. Yeah. So I didn't know. And again, I mean, I'm just going off totally. social media for the most part. And I saw, I saw, um, you had this picture and you have all these crystals <laughs> on you and I thought, Oh, she's making fun. No, you know. No. <laughs> and then I heard your crystal in the bra uh-huh. thing and in honor of this podcast right now. I have a crystal in my yes, bra. Yes, me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always. 
Oh my oh God, my God, I love that. So yeah, t- tell tell yeah. me about that. I, I find it so it's, it's so funny because I didn't start getting into crystals until I had my daughter. And I don't even really know. I've always loved crystals. Like as a kid, I remember like if I went anywhere and they had like those member like or you go places like even in you know Arizona especially they have those giant like geodes broken in half or amethyst <laughs> yeah. and I just always wanted those as a kid but they were always so expensive or at least they seemed like it and I just always was drawn to those pretty shiny things and then when I had my daughter I got a little bit more into like mediums and you know psychics mm-hmm. and, and things like that but I had done like a lot of you know, workshops and things and, um, kind of started getting into Reiki and healing and things like that. And so I just sort of started acquiring like, you know, a crystal here, a crystal there. And then I like, there's a shop that I love in LA. There's so many, but, um, and I would get the little tiny ones and I have major anxiety when I, I travel. So, I was going on an airplane ride and I was like, you know what? I'm like, I need something for like protection and something to calm me down. And so I went into one of my shops and I got like three or four crystals and I put like two under each boob. And then it just slowly became this thing where if I have like an audition or, or even just in general, almost every day, I'll put like, um, a rose quartz crystal in my bra on my heart side. Just, I don't know. It just makes me feel connected or grounded. And then somebody, um, told me one day that the new generation of kids that have been born, I want to say since like 2000, either 2012 and 14 and on right now are called the crystal babies. Have you heard Ooh, that? Okay. Never Google heard that. Crystal babies. And I thought, oh my God, holy shit, that's so weird that I have my daughter in 2014 and all of a sudden I'm like attract, you know, yeah. And so I don't know if it's her spirit or what her thing is that's, you know, making me expand in this way. And we're in our generation, we're the indigo children. Yes. So that, of course, I went down that yeah. like internet black hole. <laughs> yeah. I so, know. I had a, a psychic reading a yeah. year ago, roughly, and she's like, you're an indigo child. And I right? haven't heard that Me before. either till like a year but, ago. So, yeah, it crazy. Is. So, so maybe, maybe it's my daughter's doing. Definitely. Well, I mean, so clearly it's working. And I think all of these tools, you can, yeah. you know, call them meditation. And then what else? Okay. So. I mean, we're jumping around, sure. but like, as you know, you are in pretty much the hardest profession. I'm saying that yeah. I think it's extreme putting yourself out there constantly. What is the self-talk mm. that you have? Yes. So the self-talk for the most part, I know has to be positive. Like I have to be my own cheerleader, my own champion, you know, um, <laughs> there's, things I I have to tell myself, you know, I am more than enough to fulfill my purpose or, um, you know, there, there's definitely days where that little naughty voice, you know, chimes in. And the only way I can think to cancel it out is by like thinking like 10 more minutes of positive affirmations to Mm -hmm. cancel that out, you know? Um, but yeah, I have to, I have to remind myself that, you know, 
for most of us too, we weren't always raised with a positive, you know, story by our parents or whoever our caregivers mm-hmm. were. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just simple stuff. Like I am talented. I am this, I have unique gifts that, you know, people want to receive, you know? So I just, I really, even when I'm driving in the car or eating a meal, sometimes you just have to have those, you know, little things like in your back pocket to play in your mind, to keep going. Cause mm-hmm. there's days where you feel, you know, living in LA, it's beautiful. And, you know, you feel good on top of your game. And sometimes it can take like one little thing or like recently I, on Valentine's day, I got dropped by my theatrical agent. <laughs> oh, and I was like, God. Oh, shit, I just got broken up with. And like, you know, right away, that first thought was, oh my God, I'm that, does that mean I'm a terrible actor or I'm not good enough, you know? And then I have to remind myself, like, this is a business and there's 500 other agents around the corner. I still have an amazing manager who believes in me, you know, sometimes for these people, it's only numbers. It's only like dollar signs and they're just only keeping that top, you know, 3% or whatever. So, but yeah, it's like, and, and being in this business too, like, even if you have agents and managers, you really have to be your own boss, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've never like run a company before. So really most of this journey has been like also figuring out how to run myself as a company. (laughs) Yeah. Personal brand. Yes, totally. It is, yeah, it's a huge undertaking at the same time. I think the, the benefits, I mean, and just having that freedom yeah. is huge. And I then see that you have an online course, yes. which is amazing yeah. because in that way, I mean, you can then be on, you know, people's laptops, right. uh, you know, teaching them. Yeah. So So basically my course, it's called fresh off the boat (laughs) because it just made me laugh. And cause, cause that's exactly how everyone would sort of treat me when I first moved to town. But I also don't want it to seem like a bad, you know, a bad term, but it's true. Like when you get here, you're like fresh off the boat or you're green. Everyone calls you your green. Um, and so I really, there's, you know, an, And when you're asking people, like when you first try to get into, I think, any business or industry and you're trying to ask people how they did it in certain professions, maybe all of them, some people are really secretive about it. And, and Mm -hmm. I get it because if you had to find your way on your own, sometimes people operate from a place of lack and they don't want to share how they did it or who helped them or whatever. And so I thought, I would really like to turn the tables and offer something that says like, look, this is what I've done. You know, I'm doing okay for now. And if I can give you any secrets or insight into how and what has worked for me, I'd love to help, you know? So that's basically my courses, you know, because I was a theater major at Arizona State and I've become friends with so many people that are, that were acting majors at UCLA and USC and even in the heart of, you know, the LA industry, they're not teaching anyone that majors in those courses, the business of acting. And so that's basically what I've just created my own little seven part series of like, like, this is the business and this is how you can get ahead, hopefully a little bit faster. That's amazing. I, it's, I'm so excited to see that because, well, the online space, I mean, I'm definitely a fan of yeah. being able to work from anywhere, exactly. but again, it's, 
the teaching and teaching what you know, because there's so many people, of course, that don't know nearly as right. much. And, um, so do you do live classes at all? Um, I mean, were you teaching? Yeah, so I actually just, um, this year, I started teaching a class um, on Melrose, and I have nine cool. students. And it's essentially my fresh off the boat course, but we're also doing like acting, you know, we're doing scenes on camera. So I'm helping basically stand up comedians sort of translate their act into a way, to, you know, to monetize, to get like comedic acting jobs, because sometimes your act on stage, you have it sculpted a certain way, or maybe it's a, like a lot bigger than, than the marketplace for TV and film. So I'm just kind of trying to help them get really in shape for that. And especially since it's pilot season. Um, and that's been so fun. Like I was always scared to teach a little bit. Um, cause you're like, who am I, you know, who am I? But the more that I've done it, I love it. And I really do feel like I'm helping people and I love the energy of the people I'm working with. And I really feel like all the right people are coming my way. Mm hmm. Yeah, you're manifesting. Totally manifesting. And then also for my <laughs> online class, I have a special promo code and the code is Willow. If any is Yeah, it? so if anybody wants to take my class online, you get 20% off. That is so cool. I will yeah, link it up in in the show notes and your website is Mo Monica Casey. Yes, correct. Monica with a K, a Casey with a C. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That is yeah, love it. And would it pertain to, I guess it's, it's LA focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's LA focused. Okay. I mean, a dream of mine has always been to live in New York at some point. Um, so I haven't mm -hmm. done that yet. So I can't speak, you know, to how it goes down in New York, but it's definitely like, if you want, if you just got to LA or you're thinking about moving to LA, it is so helpful because you can get yourself really set up before you even touch down here. Mm, it, it's incredible. I mean, that is invaluable. Yeah, totally. I hope it's like $1,000. I know, right? I'm like, I, my parents spent so much <laughs> on my education. I'm like, I wish they would have just sent me someplace that told me these things. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Yeah. But <clears throat> And now, uh, okay, so the comedy yes. is such... Oh my God. I just, it, to me, that's like my biggest fear, to be honest. I mean, being on stage mm -hmm. in general is that excitement, but a lot of fear. Yeah. How do you get like courage? Um, well, what definitely helps. Yeah. And I tell even my students, this is, is <laughs> if you know your set, which is your five yeah. minutes or your 10 minutes, if you, or, you know, you've done theater, if you know your lines, mm -hmm. That is like 75% of it. When you don't know what you're going to say and you don't trust yourself and you don't, you don't then have that confidence. Um, that's mm -hmm. not to say that the first time I had did stand up, I was a sweaty, nervous wreck the whole day, like <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. Um, but somehow I was able to do it. And again, it's one of those moments where I had to run into the bathroom right before the show, look myself in the mirror and say, God damn it, Monica, you can do this. You know, just believe in yourself for five seconds and trust yeah. that you know your whole set. And, um, 
you know, and what obviously what helps too is before I did my first like official show, like I went to open mics and open mics are, if anyone who doesn't know, um, you know, lots of comedy clubs or even sort of private studios, um, offer open mics and they're either free. Those ones, usually you have to like get on a list and you could be waiting all night to go up. But most of them now it's like five bucks. You reserve your time slot, you get three minutes and you get to go up there with your notebook or whatever and, and say aloud or practice your jokes or your routine on a bunch Mm -hmm. of strangers. And basically what I learned is, you know, mostly those rooms are a bunch of writers and it's a lot of, you know, sometimes angry, competitive, bitter people. So they, they yeah. you know, be warned, you know, usually it's not a hot room of people ready to laugh, you know, and they also haven't been drinking usually. <laughs> but, um, oh. but, um, but if you do get laughs when you're doing open mics, that's a really good sign that you're on the right path. Okay. And you just did a bunch of those. Uh-huh. I did a class. I did um, Jerry Katzman's. And I also, uh, I Googled him. That was the first class I Googled after I had done the Groundlings. And I, I made it through the writing lab. And, and then when they were like, we're done with you. Your time here is done. I was like, well, what's the next step for me? I want to do stand-up. And I love taking classes when it's something I'm interested in because it also helps keep me accountable. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not the greatest if I don't sort of have like goals or deadlines or things like that, or I'm paying for something like you will see, usually if you're paying for something, you'll work much harder at it than if you're not. (laughs) Um, yeah, totally. And, And he had a really great way of, you know, essentially showing us uh, ways to write jokes and create a community, which is also what I love to do in my class. Like, you know, the people you meet, you've got to create your own community and give and help each other and, you know, bounce, bounce your jokes off each other. Um, and then I, I went uh-huh. and also studied with um, Lisa Sunstead at the Pretty Funny Women studio and they call her like the comedy madam. So, I mean, it's, you know, you just kind of bounce around. It's great to have different teachers or guides along your journey. And then it really helps you find your voice. And that's really Uh what I wanted to do is find my voice. Yes. And find, so you have the mentorship with these teachers and find, find your voice as in with anything, with any personal brand, right? Like uh-huh. is, yeah, like because um, for so many comics, it's like, and- what's your perspective? Um, you know, who is this person? You know, there's a lot of people that like play the like uh-huh. the loser that never like can date anyone or the, uh-huh. you know. So yeah. mine kind of, you know, even before I was a housewife, I th- think was kind of like, you know, a, a little bit of a sarcastic, sometimes snooty but funny lady. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're hilarious for sure. Like, I think that it's the consistency. Yeah, totally. And what's great about comedy is, is when people tell the truth about who they are on the dark parts of the inside of them, um, to me, that's what's the funniest. And as you're living life, you know, that changes. Like, I'm not who I am or who I was, you know, 10 years ago when I started doing stand-up, like when you watch, you know, I think it's still on YouTube, like one of my first stand-ups, yeah. it was all about like, uh, you know, I was smoking a lot of weed then, you know, and it was about my love affair with that and the pot dispensaries. And now, you know, my set is more along the lines of like 
being a single mom in LA and, you know, being divorced and what like that was like going through. So it's great when people let you in on their secrets. I think that's the funniest. Yes. That's what people want. Yeah. The vulnerable vibe, right? Yeah. I don't want to hear like your made up jokes about shit that didn't ever happen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Boring. And then what about an, uh, I mean, I can call it an alter ego, you know, Sasha right, kind of right. thing. Or do you have anything like that? Like when you're going on an audition, doing comedy, anything, do you kind of tap into this, mm-hmm. like a higher version of yourself? Yeah. I don't have a name for that, but mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. There's some, ta- there's like a switch that has to flip and mm-hmm. it doesn't always flip. I'm getting better at it as I get older and do all of these things more. But yeah, it's something like you just kind of go into this super ultra focused zone where um, like if I'm going into like a really big audition for a network or something, something happens where, yeah, you just, it's almost like playing a a role of somebody else, you Mm -hmm. know, that's way more confident than you are on a daily basis and way more together. And yeah. And and you just got to go in there and, and nail it, you know, and even if you don't get it, you know, you've gone in there and done like a presentation. I guess that's what I can think of it as like, is if you have a job and you have to give like a PowerPoint presentation or something like that. Yeah. So you get, you prepare pretty heavily for these roles or these auditions? I do. I mean, for the, I try to, you know, give it as much time as I can. Um, But, you know, being a mom, sometimes it's like, oh my God, you know, you can get an audition Mm. at five or 6.30 at night, sometimes later. And I'm like trying to figure out a way to get my kid ready for bed, but also learn the dialogue. (laughs) Oh my God. So the next day, right? Yeah, it can. I mean, sometimes it's like tomorrow at eleven, and that's what's the weird. You would think they would want to give us as actors more time to prepare, but that's just not the way this town works. Things happen so fast. Like I, a lot of like actor friends and I talk about it, like almost like it's a casino. You're gambling. (laughs) You're just, you know, you're playing, you know, the slot machines, and it's just, um, and yeah, and maybe the way to think about it is like, you know, whoever can prepare faster wins. I don't know, you know, and, but there's so many factors and go that go into why someone gets something. I mean, it doesn't always, you know, go to the person who's the best actor. You know, there's so many reasons, even casting director friends of mine say, you know, they don't even have hardly any pull. It's there's so many people in the mix, like the directors, the producers, the writers, then there's the network or whoever's financing the film. There's just so many things, but you just, and you can't take anything personal, you know? And people ask me all the time, like, how do you deal with the rejection? And I go, actually, it's kind of great because nobody ever tells you no to your face or like, oh, we don't want you or you didn't get it. You just never hear back. It's oh, like, so they don't even know. Oh, yeah. Okay. You never, they don't even let you know. It's like going out for drinks with someone and you're like, great. That was a nice evening. Thank you. Nice to meet you. And you go home and you never hear from them again. And it's totally cool. Like, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's, yeah. What, what phases you these days? Um, like, like, um, I mean, you have the theater, you know, company just, uh, like what phase, what phases me? Like what, you know, because 
with time that you know confidence comes from from doing so I'm just wondering if Um, they're like what is something that sort of stings uh well what definitely stings is when um you prepare and you really feel and like I do a lot of visualizations sometimes for certain Mm -hmm. um projects that I'm auditioning for and it hurts really bad sometimes when you get really far and really close to something and then you don't get it because you you see it in your mind and you feel it emotionally. Um, mm-hmm. And so it feels real, like it's happening. And then when it doesn't happen, you're like, but no, I it did, you know, it did happen. It's happening in my soul and my mind. Um, so that, you know, yeah, that can be a hard blow. And sometimes it feels a little bit like a breakup. And I try to have little rules with myself where like, I can, I, of course, always, you know, feel things, be sad about it, but you can't let it linger too soon because there's something else always right around the corner. And I try to use my, you know, community of actors or friends that I can reach out to. And, um, I kind of have this thing where I'm like, okay, I can, I can vent for three minutes. So I'll usually call someone that I know and ask yeah, and I'll ask permission. I mean, sometimes it spills out, but I say it's three. Like when I call, I would call you like Willow and I ask permission, like, can I vent to you about this for three minutes? And then you would say yes. And I would go, and I would just vent. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. huge to have right? that. You need that. And then I have oh to let God. it go. And the best ways for me to let go of things is I have to do things like self-love for myself, whether that is taking my dogs for a walk or going for a hike or uh, going to a yoga class or meditating and trying to just refill that sort of um, bank of positive energy and thoughts to keep moving forward. Yes. You, you sound like you do a lot of NLP without maybe even yeah, knowing it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. It's all, you know, the visualization, the feeling it, because our subconscious mind, I just learned this, so I'm kind of, you know, nerding yes. out on all this, but our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference yes. between real and um, imagined. I know. So it's insane. It's so the, like when, yeah, so you're imagining it happening. Your body's like, yeah, it's, it's, this is already happening. So it could be that it, yeah, it's confusing probably. Yeah, when, when it-, it is. It's a bit of a letdown, like a little, a little dash of postpartum. Um, oh. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and then, and what's, you know, I guess hard about that is, you know, I really believe that you either have your own sort of survival um, warehouse in your soul, I guess, or you don't. And so, you know, you, it's like, no one can help you do it. No partner or friend can help you keep going and keep refueling all that. It's just, it's really up to you to, and the more like with anything, the more you do it and work that muscle, just the better you are at it. Yeah, definitely. It's a constant now that I'm really aware of this stuff now, kind of like circling back to, you know, a lot of these things where I sort of let them go. Yeah, for a while. And I'm like, it is a constant every single day battle and not necessarily a negative one, but it takes a lot to keep it. Yeah. It's like maintenance. You're just constantly doing maintenance on, you know, whatever this inner vessel, you know, is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And what, okay. So you're a mom, Mm -hmm. which you are now a single mom. And do you have 
50-50? We, kind of- you know, it's, we, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, we have our own, we, we were able to work out our own deal. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so we're kind of, it, I'd say because my ex is also an actor, the one good thing that we're able to do is just help each other out. You know, like if I have an audition or he does, you know, but it was somebody's day or time that day, it's like, we really try to help the other person out, um, Mm -hmm. and not make it a a big deal. Um, so, you know, that definitely makes things easier. Um, and you know, I'm not somebody like my parents probably would have left me with whoever, you know, growing up, you know, raised by (laughs) wolves. So I'm really, I don't let, I don't let a lot of people just, you know, stay with my daughter. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, yeah, it's interesting. So it, it, I, our schedule changes, yeah, week to week because, you know. I was say, so Yeah, exactly. Right? It's such a weird, unpredictable business. And and sometimes they say it's like feast or famine. Like I may not have an audition for like a week or two. And then you've got three in one day. And you're oh like, shit, yeah. I've got to use every like compartment in my brain to like focus and <laughs> get it done. And well, you said something earlier about that there was, there's always something around the corner, Yeah, you know, that there's always something that's next. And that is, I think it's a belief, uh-huh. you know, that you just, you're like, it's coming. Yeah. More things are happening, the more. So what is your, what is your take on like diving into the unknown? Um, yes. So I think, I think, yeah, like uh, the strongest thing that we all have, I think is, yeah, our belief in what is coming to us or for us. And I, you know, I'm a big user of vision boards. And so I'm constantly adding or taking things off of mind if things change. And, um, and also like we talked about having gratitude, like I, you know, love to say out loud, or I put post-its up in my car or on mirrors or all around my house, giving gratitude for things that haven't happened yet, but they're things that I want to bring into my life, whether it's Mm -hmm. a job or something else. And, um, and just, again, like the law of attraction, I think the more you, you know, focus on these things and visualize them that like, I, I heard this term once before, and I don't know if it was from, this is so LA, I don't know if it was from The Secret <laughs> or Deepak Chopra, but it was basically <laughs> like the world is one big dream machine, and oh. if you desire something or want it, the universe is always working, trying to give it to you. Like, it's your birthright to be have happiness and have abundance and all of these things. And so, you know, it's trying to get it to you. We just have to practice being really specific. And sometimes it doesn't look like what you want it to be. But, you know, I really believe in that. Yeah, definitely. Because if you just throw a bunch of shit out there Mm -hmm. or, it, you know, more superficial, maybe it's really hard, I think, for the universe, you know, to kind of serve it up to you. Yeah. And even if it is superficial, be specific about what you want. You know, like, I want a black, blah, 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 with, you know, whatever you want. That's very true. And what what do you, I mean, you say C plus mom. Uh Like as I say, C plus is more of a joke because there are some days where I'm a C plus mom for sure. Um, it's yeah, like I, I guess 
I never really thought I wanted kids and my daughter was definitely like a surprise. And Mm -hmm. so I, but I, cause I think there was that fear inside of me of loving something so much. And so I think for me, um, I just really try to be such a good parent to her in a way that I feel like maybe I wasn't parented. Um, but even no matter how hard you try to be like a perfect parent to someone, there's just days where you just fuck up. You just can't, Oh my god! you know, it's like, I've at least this school year forgotten her lunch twice and had to like go, but, but again, she wins when I forget. Cause I'll go to like Mendocino farms and like she'll get this like fancy lunch in her cubby, you know? Um, but like, there's, yeah. you know, or like there was like a time where like, she was like dead set on like going to this birthday party. And I had the birthday party in my calendar on my phone and the morning of the birthday party, I just had it set in my mind that the party wasn't till noon and we were just dilly dallying all morning. And she's like, mom, when are we going to Alexander's birthday? And I was like, oh, not till noon, honey, not till noon. And then as we're getting ready, I check my phone for something and I see that like the party ends at noon and we've like totally missed it. And you just get that horrible asshole sinking feeling like, God, I just let my kid down. But, you know, that's life. And I'm sure those are the times, you know, and if I own it and talk to her about why we missed it and it's my fault and I'm sorry and, you know, all those things, you know, life isn't perfect. And and it's hard because it's hard to, like, balance being a parent that doesn't give them everything but also, you know, spoils them just enough, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. So you you said you didn't want children. So your vision when you were thinking, like, you were not – never. Wow. I know. Okay. Yeah. And what about marriage? A marriage? No. Like, did you like dreaming of no, that? No, I know? always imagined being like Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Like, I imagined having a partner. <laughs> yeah, I always loved the couples that weren't married. I was like, they're cool. Um, it's so hipster. yeah, exactly. So I <clears throat> always imagined like being with someone for a long time, but I also just I think I grew up thinking that if you had a career that like kids ruined it or put a wrench in it. And, mm-hmm. and that was just a story that I told myself for so many years, even when I got pregnant, like I had just like done a TV show and I was like, Oh, great, Monica, what a great way to self-sabotage this, you know, <laughs> go get knocked up. Why don't you, you know? And I was just yeah. <laughs> so mad at myself for a little while. And then it's funny because I realized like, you want what you want, whether you have kids or not. And so even when I was pregnant, like I did some like pregnancy print work and like, I, (laughs) you know, I obviously like enjoyed being pregnant and like focused on that and stuff, but like I was creative in other ways. And then the minute I felt well enough after I had her, it was like, I went into like producing another movie. And, and so if you seek it out, you know, it's going to find you. It's really if you decide to give up. And I don't know if there was like a fear that I would lose myself after being a mom or, you know, I guess we just, yeah, we just create these stories in our head, but it's actually, I feel like, um, you know, made me want what I want even more. So, and also to show her as a, a positive example. Definitely. And does she look up to you and want to be just like mommy? I think so. Like, I don't think 
think she really knows what mom she knows. I think she knows that mommy auditions a lot. <laughs> she, she's like, oh, and she knows it's so funny. She knows all the terminology. Like she could probably be a producer today. Like she, you know, she's like, uh, I've got to learn my lines. And so when I'm rehearsing with someone, she really wants like a turn afterwards and she listens to, you know, everything. Oh. Kids listen. So she'll take my sides or my, you know, my dialogue my papers and she'll then mm -hmm. want to rehearse with me or someone else and she can learn my lines faster than I can it's so funny like so she, oh yeah and she and she's definitely growing up in that weird age of where I don't let her watch it a lot but there's like kids on YouTube that have their like shows playing with toys or the, all the weird stupid stuff they do and so she yeah the camera is not a foreign thing to her and for me starting out in LA that was harder for me was this other, this camera in the room. Like, cause I was also so used to doing theater and performing in front of live audience. And then when you have this black mechanical box sitting there, it was weird. And you know, kids today, they're just growing up with camera in their face at all times, you know, yeah. access to one every five seconds. So, and it's funny cause even um, a lot of my students in my class who are a lot younger than me, when I talk mm -hmm. about nerves and stuff, it's almost like they don't have the level of nerves that I thought they would or that I had at their stage of the game because oh. they're just selfieing all the time and like Instagramming from the time that they can remember. So it's like Crazy. they kind of have this little advantage. I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, because every you're right everything is broadcast yeah. so like it's so crazy and she knows that mommy goes to do shows and unfortunately like a lot of things I do are not child appropriate <laughs> so she hasn't seen a lot of things I've done but some stuff she's seen and and she, or my favorite is when she's watching tv and she'll be like oh mommy that's you and it's not me <laughs> somebody else <laughs> and I'm like well mommy wishes that was me <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, that is adorable. And you, you don't really post anything about her. So she, you're definitely keeping her. Yeah. My ex and I have an agreement not to share. I just don't think it's wise. I share private, you know, it's like, look, I'll text or email close people to us that I want to see it. And I do get bummed out because I feel like I see everyone else's kids all the time. And, and there's definitely yeah. times where I'm like, God, I wish I could share this. But I feel like ultimately, like, you know, she, they don't have a choice when we share and mm -hmm. I just want to, you know, keep her, you know, private and, and, you know, and it's probably not always the safest thing to do. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's just, yeah. The, so I'm glad that he and I are, agree on that. Mm -hmm. And then no, yeah. Technology is, you're going to withhold as long as possible. Yeah, I'm trying. I mean, look, she want, you know, I need her to sometimes watch TV so I can do the dishes and like, you know, prep for the next day. Um, oh, I'm getting a cell phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's funny. She totally want, already is like, can I have a phone? And she says stuff like, you know, I just want it so I can take pictures because <laughs> she loves when I give her my phone, I let her go to town and just take pictures. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and luckily my, you know, my ex and I talk about it and he's like, yeah, like just yesterday he was like, she told me she wants like an iPad for her birthday. And I was like, no, thank you. We're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> I said, I'm ha you can buy her a toy that looks like an iPad or something, but we're not, I, yeah, like 
I, you know, she's going to be going into kindergarten and I mean, I'll be one of those parents that's going to all, if it takes bribery, whatever it takes to like hold her off the longest, I'm going to try. Yeah. Like I I can't even imagine like having Instagram as a kid. Like, I mean, there's so much like our high school was, you know, we went to school in California. So I feel like that's already kind of advanced and scary. And mm-hmm. I can't the imagine. Yeah. Like I would be mortified. There's so many things I'm glad that we're never uh, able to go online that were said yeah. or done. Oh my God. I can't, when I think about it, I'm horrified. Right? Actually. Horrified. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so grateful. Yes, too. I know. God. It's like, if I look through an old shoebox of stuff and like some old, like, pictures that I had to pay to get developed somewhere pop up. It's like, oh (laughs) my God, I need to like hide these from her as long as I can. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. And so what is, you you have so many projects going Mm -hmm. right now. What is like, what's a standout project? For me, so I um, created a show um, with some close friends of mine about um, my experience when I was getting divorced. And um, it really, I ended up moving in with a stranger, a woman that I had like just met in a writing class. And, um, and I stayed with her for a few months before I got on my feet and found a place. And that relationship was just so funny. And it was like a total odd couple situation. And Mm -hmm. so basically my friends and I, you know, we wrote a pilot and we shot a pilot presentation. And so now we're really just um, working out the kinks and getting, um, you know, getting all that finalized and then getting ready to pitch it for networks to sell. Yeah. And it's really funny. And I shot um, a pilot presentation with Margaret Cho, who is like a dream comedy God that I've always loved. Um, So I got to work with her on that. And so the ultimate dream and goal for this is that it sells to a really fun, either streaming or network and that she and I Mm -hmm. get to be these two women for a couple seasons. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's your story during that mm-hmm. time post divorce and so is everything in it pretty true like close to real it's pretty close life. yeah like I obviously tweaked okay. some things for comedy's sake and obviously to you know be kind uh ish <laughs> so yeah, yeah like um, the character my husband in the story is like a baseball player and I'm one of those sort of real housewife characters and so we you know we made some some funny changes um okay. I was curious if you called him out at all um I mean you can tell when you see who the character is we'll be like oh I can yeah. see where maybe there's some truth in here yeah and same for me you know <laughs> yeah. I made sort of an exaggerated version of my personality but a lot of it is me and it's funny to watch or oh. read it because you're like oh god is that really how I am but it kind of is you know <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, I cannot wait to see yeah. this. It's going. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you the I'll 100%. send you the you can watch the the short. Pilot. So you so you have a pilot. Yeah. 20 minutes or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, it's about 20. And then so okay. basically, you know, you send a sizzle reel of that to executives. If they want to watch more, they can watch the whole thing. And then you just go into these rooms and kind of like stand up. You pitch the idea of the show to them and, you know, 
obviously because it's based on my story, you know, you're hoping that they're like, cool, this sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> yep. In a nutshell. I mean, yeah. In a nutshell. And then, okay. So this is what's on the, yeah. yeah. Just like the this main, is the main giant piece on the vision board. <laughs> my, yeah. You must have a massive vision board if you keep adding to totally. it. Totally. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have, yeah, just double. I'll have one on every, every wall. <laughs> Yeah. So you, you look at yours cause I've always tucked them away. Yes. Like so sure you you I it. did. Yeah. I used to like when I lived with someone, you know, I always kind of hid it. It would be like up in my closet. Cause you feel mm-hmm. whatever stupid feel, you know, embarrassed or whatever. And it really sucks that we even feel that. And so, yeah. um, yeah. one of the beauty things of living alone is, um, you know, and my, and what I love too, though, is my daughter knows what it is now. And this year was the first year that she made one with me. Oh, cool. And that was really cool. So I feel like ah, I'm yeah. teaching her all these badass things so early on. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, um, I have it in my room. I, like I see, I can just lay in bed and stare at it. And, and it's funny last year, one day, um, out of nowhere, my vision board just fell off the wall. And I was like, mm. oh my God, what does that mean? And I right. called, you know, one of my <laughs> friends that we talk about all this stuff. And she was like, Monica, that means you're neglecting your, you're not giving it enough attention. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. You know, so I have to, mm. it's like, I, I nerd out. Yeah. Like I'll stand in front of it. I'll touch things on it and just really try to like check in with it daily to just keep it all there. Totally. I love hearing all this because it's, it's, there's so much behind the scenes. Yeah. Pun totally. um, <laughs> because yeah, you're just to create the life that you've created. I mean, again, you have not taken the easy path. You have been blazing it. I mean, really just through many different projects, a marriage, you know, a child. Yeah. What are you most proud of? Hmm. I'm most proud of the fact that, yeah, that I I'm still here that I did. I haven't mm-hmm. given up, you know, because I don't know, you know, everybody like measures their success differently. And for me, it's sometimes it's like, if I've done more things creatively than I did the year before, you know, it's not always a dollar amount. Some years are better than others. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just most proud of that. I didn't, kind of give up on myself. I'm, I've shown up, I'm showing up for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm parenting, I'm parenting myself, Willow. (laughs) You are. It's it's incredible to watch. And do you think, I mean, can you have it all these, you know, these days? I think you can, but I've said this, I don't know where I heard this, but it kind of, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe not all at the same time. But, um, but you, I think you can have it all again. You just believe in yourself and you keep, you know, you have healthy boundaries and you don't settle and, um, yeah, you just, you really can have it all. I just, yeah, Hmm. I don't know if it's all at the same time, but I will let you know if um, one day I'm like, I'm going to call you and be like, Willow, it's happening. It's all at the same time. Maybe it only lasts (gasps) for a week, but. (laughs) But you have, you have it. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've got it going yeah, on for sure. Totally. And so where can we see you? I mean, we can find, so 
throw out some, yes. some of your handles. So my Instagram is uh, the Monica Casey. Um, I am on Jeff Lewis Live. I'll be on this week on Thursday on Radio Andy Sirius XM Channel One Hundred Two. Um, I do, you know, stand up around town, and usually I'll 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 throw something up on an Insta story here and there, and yeah, that's you know, and you're, yeah, yeah. Fresh off Fresh the boat. Off course, the boat. Which... Yeah. My website, monicacasey.com. I've got, and I've got free videos on there from, um, actor panels that I've done where people talk about how they got their SAG cards and what it means to mm-hmm. be ready in this town. And I had some really great friends, um, uh, let me interview them for those. So I'll kind of rotate those monthly different questions that they'll be answering. So cool. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you hopped on here and shared your story. I have not talked to you for 20 years. I know. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear and want to share your story, or if you know someone you think would make a great fit, you can find me and send me a message on Instagram at where is Willow. I'd love to hear from you. Cheers to carving your own fucking path.